the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Why didn't Dominion sue Hari Hursty? I mean, after all, since 2003, Hari Hursty has been doing documentaries and investigations on the voting machines, proving beyond the shadow of a doubt they connect to the Internet. But yet, Dominion does not sue Harry Hursty. Now, granted, Harry Hursty was primarily financed by Democrats, and his, his work became famous after 2016, but Dominion did not go after them. But they went after Rupert Murdoch. And Rupert Murdoch settles a record amount million and apologizes. And now they want you to believe that Joe Robinette, my pants are wet Biden. Somebody that we all know has been a whore for five decades. An incompetent punchline senator from a corrupt state that was really a state specifically to hide LLC corruptions. And in the meantime, that rat Democrat run hellhole is wallowing in all kinds of chaos, all kinds of scandal, and that's coming to light, too. When I hit the clip, it didn't play there. Oh, my handsome... I got Macbeth. Let's see if this works now. We just uh, finished reviewing the financial records in the Treasury. Uh, What I saw was over 2,000 pages of jaw-dropping information. Uh, There's basically an enterprise wrapped around Joe Biden... Uh, Now, see, on a normal day, that would be the news, that congressional investigation and hearings turns up thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of hundreds of LLCs that go right back to this dimwit in diapers. But on the front page of everything from the Drudge Report to off the presses to Wall Street Journal, you pick a pick a, a news outlet and all that's on there is Rupert Murdoch settles. Why would he settle? Why would he settle today? Involving not only multiple family members, more than we thought there were, but other people as well. Uh, just a complete conglomerate of LLC shell companies where money was passing through from foreign countries, China, Ukraine, but many more countries than just those. There's a lot of information the American people deserve to know of the Biden family and the crimes they've been involved in. And the- So this can be discounted on a couple of fronts. Number one, it's not the big news of the day. Number two, it's Marjorie Taylor Greene that's talking. So we can just put that in the corner. We don't have to pay attention to it. And then we'll ignore, what was her name? Wendy Dang. She likes old balls and she cannot lie. She's Rupert Murdoch's fourth or third or fifth wife. Who gives a rip? 
It's all very coincidental. Where is Wendy? Dang. Is she hanging out with Fang Fang? I think she is. The Oversight Committee has a much bigger investigation to do than we ever thought was possible. Um, I just saw evidence of human trafficking. Uh, this involved prostitutes. Not all- prostitutes? You mean prostitutes? Come on. If it's one thing you could say about those short-in-the-pants gypsies, the Bidens, they clearly don't like prostitutes. I mean, after all, the crack-smoking bag man of the sun has himself on film with, what, about 17 of them? Not to mention he was banging the sister-in-law. It's a good family. Solid. Financial responsible. And they're full of entrepreneurs, which I think Kamala Harris doesn't like. I can't decide. Only from here in the United States, but foreign countries like Russia and Ukraine. Uh, this is this is unbelievable that a president and a former vice president, uh, not only his son, Hunter Biden, but many more family members extending past Hunter Biden and his immediate family. Uh, we're going to have to really get to work. This is an investigation that needs to be revealed to the American people. And not only do we have questions about Hunter Biden himself, but this is going well, to... Fox News just gave away any credibility it had. Any credibility. Fox News is a joke. You only had three shows on there that weren't despicable anyway. Now you got nothing. You might as well shut down shop. Extend into developing a web of uh, corruption, a web of fake companies uh, that's going to reveal money that came in from many foreign countries and went directly into the personal bank accounts of the Biden family, where they have financially benefited directly from Joe Biden's uh, seats of power. And we look forward to investigating and exposing for this, this for the American people, and, um, and we'll see where it goes from there. And Joe Biden is failing by the second. I was able to cut the deficit by $1.7 billion in two years. He can't even get the tagline that he's been lying to the American people about for the next, the last six months that I can think of, if not longer, where he pretends that he closed the deficit and we're not spending $9 trillion a year and we don't have major, major problems, even though BlackRock seems to think we might. The offloading of uh, the failed bank securities, that process is about to begin. What do we know? Well, what we know is that BlackRock is increasingly becoming a big advisor to the FDIC. They were brought on earlier in April and we will be kicking off the... They're an advisor to the FDIC. They get their money funded by the uh, Federal Reserve, among other government entities. And now they're not manipulating every aspect of our economy. And when they start to say, hey, this house of cards called our uh, financial system is starting to wiggle. And this fractional lending that we sold the idiots, it seems to have a crack in it. No one's getting that news either today. These sales uh, where the FDIC needs to offload 114 billion of assets, uh, many of them mortgage related, that it picked up from Silicon Valley and Signature Bank. BlackRock expects to ramp up the trading of the mortgage tools to four days a week, planning to sell one and a half billion to two billion a week, and it's expected to be orderly. Meanwhile, in- that's huge news, huge news, and yet the stock market doesn't collapse. Why? And what they don't want you to talk about, what they don't want you to focus on, is that not only is the rest of the world wise to our system of fraud, our fractional lending, but these companies, their stocks are currencies. And the reason they're not collapsing is it's your dollar that's collapsing. You just don't know it. And we're not talking about it.
in terms of aftermath of these failed banks uh, with Silicon Valley and uh, many of the others causing investors not only to withdraw assets, but a lot of banks to sort of hold off on any activity. Wells Fargo became the first in selling three point billion of bonds, the first to do so post SVB. You know what they don't want you to know? Wells Fargo has fired a tremendous amount of loan officers, a tremendous amount of private bankers. And how are they going to keep it going? Well, you got to keep the, mo- the funny money going, right? Here are just the facts of Senator Schumer's Democrat Senate. Has passed only 10 substance bills in 100 days. That's less than one a week. Just think about that. As the House has passed a bill to fire 87,000 IRS agents, but Senator Schumer's Senate passed a non-binding resolution recognizing the importance of maple syrup production to Maine and designating March 26, 2023 as Maine's Maple Syrup Sunday. The House has passed the Parents' Bill of Rights that give the parents a say in their kids' education. Senator Schumer hasn't taken up the bill yet. But the Senate did find the time to pass a non-binding resolution designating March 1st as a National System Technology Awareness Day. And it goes on and on. Where the House of Representatives, they've become a House of Resolutions. And you've been neutered, McCarthy. And you're going to sit on the corner while they continue to massively, massively raise our debt. A financial crisis may be looming. If it did happen, it would have very, very negative Impact. As lawmakers in Washington have yet to come to an agreement on raising the nation's debt ceiling. I understand the politics, but there is a time when the higher interest of a nation has to prevail. Democrats are seeking a clean bill to increase the country's borrowing capacity. But House Republicans want to leverage their slim majority to win concessions on spending from the White House. A no-strings-attached debt limit increase will not pass. That kind of discussion, the cuts belongs in a discussion about the budget, not as a precondition for avoiding default. A default on U.S. debt payments would cut off the U.S. Treasury from borrowing, potentially affecting Social Security payments, veterans' benefits, and federal employees' salaries, among others. They've got the so-called Republican Congress in the corner, and they've been nullified. McCarthy isn't going to do jack. The debt ceiling doesn't mean anything. Manhands Janet Yellen has been operating rogue for three months. To guard your finances in case of a potential default, bank rates Greg McBride advises paying down your debt and building up emergency savings. Unfortunately, we're, we're hostage to this because there aren't a whole lot of action steps that we as consumers can take to fully insulate ourselves. And says the political brinksmanship alone is damaging. Even if it gets solved at the 11th. It's not political. It's an admission that we're not a republic anymore. It's an admission that this country is bankrupt. The banking system is teetering. Seventy percent of Americans are terrified of the economy. As I said in my first Tuesday, we brought down the deficit by a record $1.7 trillion. And the man at the helm not only is a crook, but has dementia. He can't even speak in full sentences anymore. And my budget, I propose, which I've laid out would cut the deficit over the next three years, next 10 years, by another $3 trillion. Yeah, and you won by 81 million votes. Tell us more, Bull Dung. In the meantime, it seems to be every policy you have pays off all the people that bribed you.
and your whoremongering sister-in-law banging son. Related to electric vehicles, the first, uh, Senator Manchin has a statement today in which he indicates he would support uh, a resolution of disapproval of the EPA's emission standards that were announced last week while we were in Ireland. He says that they would increase reliance on Chinese-made batteries uh, and make a, a more energy-secure and powerful China. in response to that? So, look, the measures that EPA uh, propose will, if implemented, do the following, save American drivers and truck companies an average of $12,000 over the lifetime of their vehicle, which is incredibly important. Uh, they- Lies from an affirmative action dingbat. One half of one-tenth of one percent. They've managed to tax breath these crooked bastards. Have you just where they want you? And transitioning, you know, this diesel truck that's on its last wheels. <laughs> oh, you'd never spend any time driving those trucks. You're waiting in the sleeper to get a promotion. In the meantime, you think this idiot knows? The trucks drive over one million, one and a half million, in some cases, three million miles. Dingbat. I got jokes. Uh, No, you don't have jokes. You are a joke, dummy. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free. On the Sean Thompson Show. On AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. do is we're going to have to go through this feudalism. This is American Dark Ages, when this crooked mafia is in charge of the country. And you're going to have to go to high ground to a certain extent. And if you can't, well, you're going to have to Jake Lamotta, this son of a gun, and start thinking like it. Never got me down, Ray. Brian Wheatfield. Hey, Sean. Best show on the radio. Uh, I got my shirt, by the way. Thank you. I'm going to be wearing it. As I come back into O'Hare from California this Now, week. did you get the one that says Gats on Ghoul on the back? No? No, but All I right. need that. But anyhow, um, I can get that put on myself somewhere. Right. Hey, so I'm late in saving for retirement. I'm 47 years old, and I'm so I'm like cramming everything I can into my 401k. Oof. I don't have much savings, and I don't have I don't have a whole lot of debt either, but it's like I'm sitting there like You're rich, brother. But I'm You're already rich. so late, so I wanted your opinion. You're rich. You don't have a lot of debt. That's the only thing that really matters through this feudalism, because everything's going to get more expensive, okay. right? So no debt is the way to stay rich, because debt's expensive. But Not I only think- that, it's changing. And as banks start collapsing, as BlackRock starts selling, as Goldman Sachs predictions come true, as the, the ramifications of Bidenomics hit us, you're going to not want any debt. You're going to want to be nimble. Now, real estate, what, you got any or no? Yeah, I got a place. I actually got property in Florida and then my property in Indiana. So. Focus on good. You're in good states. You're in two good states. Focus on property because you can monetize it if you get in a pinch. If you need to tap debt, you can always tap debt on property if your credit is good. Your credit will be good if you don't have any debt, right? So just stay level, yeah, stay just, nimble. Don't bury yourself. I know, but I'm just worried because I was so late on my retirement and I'm, you know, I'm doing so much. Brother, now, you know how many like, guys yeah, I know at 60? That, that are wiped out, 70 that are wiped out. Doesn't matter as long as you could avoid the potholes. Slow and steady. All You'll right, be all cool. right. Thanks, Sean. Anytime, brother. I appreciate your wisdom, man. Have oh, a good day. Anything, anytime. You can, and then you call Tom 14 Alpha Wealth Group. Have him check it out. I mean that. Call Tom. Tom's a smart guy, wicked smart. George in Naperville. Sean, does Biden's dementia work in his favor? Does it make him more dangerous? Does it leave room for others to pull the strings? That's what I'm wondering. 
Well, of course it does. Of course it does. Biden is, is an actor. This is what you have to understand. These are actors. Biden never stood for anything in his miserable existence. He's a coward. He's a fraud, but he can sell it. And I don't even think he can anymore. I don't think it matters. These Democrats would vote for a snapping turtle if it was running for something. As long as it's Democrat, they know they're going to get something for nothing. And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with the welfare roaches, those who profit from policy, and the actors that sell it. It's not a representative republic anymore. You know, it's tax day, right? Yesterday, today, all tax day. What's the one industry that's never taxed? None of it. Politics. Campaign contributions. K Street. They don't give a rip about the economy, tax codes. There's never a recession in Washington, D.C., in these political whores who are laughing at us. They live on the money that they get it from their campaign contributions. Adam Kinziger, what would he be without politics, that morphodite? He'd be dropping off Amazon packages looking for another shift. Not like there's anything wrong with it, but they only attract honest people. Kinzinger wouldn't have held the job long. Tom in Blue Island. Hey, Sean Dittos. We both know the Democrat insiders know this chump is corrupt. And they sat there and they told him, look, you're going to sit in your basement, you're going to keep your mouth shut, and we're going to steal an election for you. Oh, 81 million exactly votes. what we say, yeah. we're going to expose your family. Well, I don't know. Does it matter? Do you Come think on, it would man. I like that. But here's the only thing that matters to me. You want me to believe Barack Obama. What was his total number of votes? Hold on. I got it right here because it's staggering. Barack Obama, you remember 2008. 69,456,897 people voted for Barack Obama. What, 12 million more voted for this imbecile in diapers? Yet 70% of this country. Seven out of ten Americans are terrified of the economy that this idiot promised you from the get-go. I was able to cut the deficit by $1.7 billion in two years. He doesn't even know what a fracking deficit is, and neither do the Democrats. Two years in, we're making progress. So let's finish the job. I can honestly say I've never been more optimistic about the future of America. Yeah, you and Jimmy Carter, very optimistic. Brian and Gurney. Hey, Sean, I want to talk about the uh, credibility of Fox. And I know Michael Dell is not going to stand down. I, I, I'm wondering what gave in for Fox to give in to uh, uh, the courts for that settlement. Because I know Michael Dell is not going to give in. Well, Rupert Murdoch's kids are rabid Fabian socialist sympathizers. And they love for the powers that be to think that they're worthy. So those kids were already... CNN-friendly, msnbc light. So Rupert Murdoch probably wanted to save what he built. But I never liked Rupert Murdoch being married to Wendy Dang. Doesn't make any sense to me. Where is Wendy Dang? You know, there was a whole article written in 2022. Where is Wendy Dang? She's back in Where? China. She's back in China. So I don't know. Thanks, I think the Dang might have infiltrated the Fox. That's what I think. But I'm more interested in the failures we position ourselves for and what is it going to look like for the honest guys out there as this country ignores all rules and regulations of the stop 
the bankrupting America. Some of these things, I, I think that almost anyone on either side of the aisle would say, yeah, I, I can live with that. And if it gives gives us the opportunity to, you know, just by accident, actually do something good in the debt ceiling negotiation, I don't know why you can't at least, uh, maybe President Biden should show the leadership to just <laughs> enter into negotiations, as he said he would 75 days ago and hasn't. Well, why negotiate about the debt? Why? It doesn't matter. They're spending record levels. There's no negotiations. You people who think you're opposed to the government fascism, shut your mouth. We got it. The Democrats are in charge. Well, President Biden has shown extraordinary leadership. He produced a budget. He produced a budget over a year ago it, it to the public a domain. Budget. The American it people was, can evaluate it. Wasn't no, a serious budget? No, no, Joe. It's a, no, no, Joe. It's it's a it's a, it's a serious budget. That- we are spending triple of what we were spending when Barack, who likes big butts and he cannot lie, received at that time a record vote of 69 million people. Don't worry, Dominion's got you. Whoever runs on the Democrat Party, they'll get more than this dimwit in diapers did. I'll be back after this. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. So we, our show broadcasts on Rumble because I've been censored from YouTube for not believing that the vaccine is a vaccine. I don't believe it. For saying things such outrageousness. Like I think Fauci invested in the most successful bioweapon ever released on mankind to forever change freedom in America. So censored, Google censored. I don't believe 81 million people voted for this dimwit in diapers. I don't care who knows it. Censored. Throw up. But we're on Rumble. And Rumble has a chat. And I love the people that go on and they chat. And We have people. So I got a text message. And somebody said, ah, it's kind of depressing. Knowledge is not depressing. To be aware of it and realize these con artists who tell you they're helping you, they're the reason you're in this pickle. They've created the policy to undermine and backdoor nationalize American life. And if it's going to stop, you're going to have to be a little irritated. But more importantly, you're going to have to be aware of it. That's the only way it can stop. Because they can't hide for the, from the truth. Like Matt's going to ask a question. It's going to be probably aggravating. Matt, Southside. Hey, Sean. Um, I do have a question. Uh, my, my parents, they live in Chicago. They own five pieces of property. They have two houses, two two flats, and a condo. They're constantly aggravated, talking about how they should just start selling things. And I mean, I don't know what to do. I mean, they, they talk about it, but they just won't get you off. You turn those machines on and you sell, Mortimer, to quote one of the lines of my favorite movies, Trading Places. And I'm going to tell you why, Matt. There was a sneaky trick done where you... Illinois in particular and Democrat mafia hellholes broke the covenant with property owners in this country. You're only to pay taxes based on the value of the asset. It's called an ad valorem. You don't do that anymore. Okay? You're paying the taxes on the corruption of the area, the city, the county, the state, and the liability of the municipal pensions. There's one thing government liars and scoundrels never want you to know. It's called inflationally adjust your money. I'm going to give you a, a sickening, a sickening calculation. $100,000 in the year 2000. Do you know what that is worth today? What the value on just money? $100,000 in 2000. Say you bought a condo for 100 grand. Do you know what you have to sell it for right now today to break even? No. Uh... 
$175,282.23. That's what inflation is. So if you bought your house in, in 2000 for a hundred grand, let's use simple math to break even. That's not including the property taxes, not including the maintenance. You have to sell it for $175,282.23 to break even. That's how much money the government has destroyed. That's the value of that $100,000. Destroyed it. Now what happens, first of all, there are idiots out there, mainly Democrats, who will live in a house for 20 years and they sell it for the same price and they say, I broke even. That's how you know you're talking to a moron. Don't ever ask a question again. Number one. Number two, they're forgetting of all of the maintenance. They're forgetting of all of the taxes. So what do you really have to break even in Chicago to make your $100,000 back? Factor it all in. You got to sell that house for two fifty to break even. That's the cost of Democrat politicians destroying the economy. Now, you want to know another sickening little thing? Inflation didn't move for 80 years in this country. 80 fracking years didn't move 1%, 2%, 3%. It wasn't until a Republican that inflation started to kick your ass. And now they're on full steam ahead. And when you see these liars pretend that they've reduced deficits and all the rest of it and lie out of their rotten faces, the areas that support that politician, you have to get away from them. You know, everyone says, I saw, this is my, you know, you know, I have a real estate company. Everyone goes, oh, the real estate in Florida is so expensive. No, what they can't figure out is it's not expensive at all. It's just keeping up with inflation as most of the properties that are run in well-run states with good policies. They're not more expensive. It just feels that way because you're trapped in a place that sucks. So you have eroded the benefit of being a property owner in those areas. So if you have to live in there, rent it. Let the landlord take this haircut because it's a haircut. And here's another little trick. They won't let your parents rent that to just anybody. Your parents cannot tell Section 8 roaches, no, I don't want you in here. That's when I sold everything. I don't want nothing in that ghetto. What do you mean? You're going to tell me who I can rent to? I don't like people who don't pay for things because they ruin them. And the proof is in the pudding. We got 200 years of this nonsense. This isn't anything to do other than facts. If people don't pay, they wreck it. And it could be your own kid. You give your kid a new car. If he didn't pay for it, he destroys it, right? It's a junk. It's dirty. It's filthy. This is what Americans forgot. There's no pride in being a responsible person. There's an entitlement to existing. And that's when you have to run from them. Run from them. And if you start to see that philosophy take over anywhere you are, you sell your dirt because it'll be worth less tomorrow and every day from that day forward. I appreciate the advice. Thank you. Anytime. You sell Mortimer, sell. And if you can't sell for one reason or another, you take the equity if you have any, and you go put on a spread, and you buy in a state that's well run. Because whatever you lose in that ghetto, you'll make up in the good state. It'll feel like profit, but it isn't. Knowledge is the key. And then when you hear these idiots... You know, I I think about innovation as being the pursuit of that, right? The pursuit of what makes us more efficient. Yeah. Innovation to her is to pop a holes in her mouth. She doesn't know jack about innovation. This idiot. More accurate, faster, 
right? More relevant to the needs of the people. We don't engage in innovation because we're bored. That's why California, since 2011, has been losing population because idiots like this were in charge. Everywhere there's an idiot, two things happen. The quality of life goes down and the predators become protected. That's called the Democrat policies. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how are you tonight? I, I think I'm good. I'm good. I feel good. All right. All right, All right good. Let me look. I feel good. What I look good. All right. <laughs> what I wanted to talk about is this, uh, this moron loser, this Hank uh, Johnson from, uh, from Georgia, who uh, in these hearings had the move to attack uh, parents that have uh, lost their uh, kids to, uh, to murders because they were attacking this, uh, this Elvin Braggs' policies. And he called them a bunch of uh, mega Republicans who were putting on a, a Broadway production. Oh. Now, how can you attack, how can you attack a parent whose son was killed in the streets and Braggs, he, really? uh, That's what you're gonna he had uh, plea deals with him. Now, first of all, I love you. You know that. You call all the time. I love you. You're one of my regulars. Right. But you're going to ask Thank me you. a question after listening to these shows? If you're dealing with somebody whose fundamental principle is that you should be able to kill your own child, you're garbage. Simple. You think they care about your kid? They're willing to kill their own. I mean, I'll, I'll bring in 50 guys that were button men in the 60s and 70s. Not a one of them would harm a kid. These are people who not only are willing to kill strangers' kids, they're willing to kill their own. Come on. It's a different kind of evil, brother. You got to run from that. I don't really give a rip what anybody who stands on that principle says about anything. In fact, what I want them to do is what you see in Chicago right now. Wallow in it. Wallow in it. You seem to like it. City leaders are vowing to do more to protect the community from wild incidents like what took place at Millennium Park this weekend. On Saturday, a large group of teens crowded downtown streets around Millennium Park. Some of them jumped on cars, smashing windows. Two teens were even shot. Police made 15 arrests. Mayor Lightfoot says a CPD has assured her they're making adjustments to make sure this does not happen again. The vast majority of the young people came downtown, came downtown because it was a great um, weather and an opportunity to enjoy the city. That's Just kids at play. That's all. Having a good time. Don't let a few bad apples spoil the riot. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting, sexist pig, and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. We gotta all thank Macbeth for filling in for Squirrel. Help but realize this wasn't on any of the Chicago news that I saw. Now, granted, I only see segments from time to time. Union leader to be sentenced for former embezzlement. A former labor union president has pled guilty to using thousands of dollars, stolen member dues, to gamble and pay personal expenses. So I tried to look it up. I looked high and low, and all I could find was this stuff. 
The CEO and president of Municipal Credit Union is facing charges of embezzlement and fraud for allegedly funneling millions of dollars into his own credit union account from at least 2013 through January of this year. Uh, that wasn't him. That wasn't Chicago. More than $1 million in union dues spent on cigars, hotels, and golf. Now, former UAW President Gary Jones is charged with embezzlement, racketeering, and tax evasion. That isn't him. Where is he? Where is it? Another United Auto Workers union leader is likely headed to prison. This time, it is Tim Edmonds, a local union no, treasurer not Tim who made off with more than $2 million in union ah, money. You had it coming to you. Let's go to the steelworkers. Leader of a local steelworkers union has been sentenced for embezzlement. U.S. Attorney James P. Kennedy Jr. announced today that 49-year-old Brian Arnold of Pine City was convicted of embezzlement of union funds. Now, Arnold was sentenced to serve two years probation. Not him. That wasn't the name. Is it this one? The wife of a former union boss no, will spend what? almost six years in prison. KITV 4's Kate Medeiros was in court today to get details on today's sentencing. Marilyn Aja Coelho dodged cameras today after she was sentenced for working with her husband, Brian, to steal money from a local workers' union. How the much you get, were a bit more optimistic earlier this year when the corruption trial began. Sure. Former IBEW leader Brian Aja Coelho's sentencing IBEW. was... IBEW. Boy, they're big on Biden, aren't they? And the Democrats are big. La cosa nostra, you fat ass. It's delayed due to an attorney change. The couple was charged with rigging a union vote to approve oh. higher money. Wait a minute, rigging a vote? Did Rupert Murdoch figure out? Plea dues. They were accused of using the excess funds for themselves. Huh. Union members responded to today's sentencing. Not glad. Throw away the key, Matt. That's what we would say. Oh, uh, well, you're the worker. Let's see. Maybe it's the SAIU. I know they're everywhere with the Democrats. They got the purple and they're all fat with love handles on their head. The leader of California's biggest labor union is facing possible prison time. Former California SEIU leader Alma Hernandez and her husband were booked into the Sacramento, uh, Sacramento County Jail today. Both of them are accused of tax fraud and embezzlement. Cron nah, that wasn't the name. That wasn't the name. I mean, uh, this one's in Chicago. Former labor union president stole thousands of dollars. Brian Clemens Sr. was the president of Local 124. He withdrew more than $200,000 from the union bank to pay off gambling debts and whores. But these Democrats got a common theme, don't they? I wonder if he paid for an abortion. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. The reason the youngest country became the richest in the shortest amount of time is because it was the only country founded upon the property rights, the rights of the citizen, not the government. It took 247 years for this mafia to undermine those principles. My next guest is a teacher, a columnist, the author of five books. He's considered by many as one of the nation's leading economists. His latest book on economics, Rich Nation, Poor Nation, Why Some Nations Prosper While Others Fail, he is Robert Janetsky. Robert, thank you for joining me. How are you? 
Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm, it's a pleasure to have you. Now, listen, I have an issue. For some reason, Americans are intimidated by a government that can't do anything but bankrupt the people can never spend within the parameters of the country or they're given, constantly expand and fail because that is their intention is my premise. Otherwise, the the government would say, you guys are right. We have messed this up beyond belief, and we need to give the power back to the people. But that was never really their intention to, to succeed. Do I have it about right? I think you do. Um, in, in my book, Rich Nation, Poor Nation, I go back... Um, do I go back to the founding of the country? But I also go back with much more detail from the beginning of the 20th century, from 1900 on up. And when you look at a long historical perspective, it does seem discouraging on the surface because we've gone through these type of cycles like we're going through now before. And each one has ended up worse than the last. We've had, as a matter of fact, six times or five times prior to the current one in history where we've experimented with going away from what I call classical economic principles. That's the Adam Smith free market type of principles, loving freedom that so many people uh, apparently are willing to do away with today. Uh, but anyway, there were five cycles in uh, in our history where we took that road, and each one of them led to terrible economic conditions. And we're now entering the sixth cycle, and it actually began in 2000, because the, with the outbreak of COVID, that was a huge movement away from classical principles and economic freedom, and it's only gotten worse since then. So again, the sixth time in the history. But what does history also tell us? I think it gives us at least some reason for hope. Because on each of those occasions, when the economy was doing terrible and people were really losing faith in the future, what happened was, in a democracy, we changed the political leadership. And we went back in a different direction, and that direction was toward more prosperity. So, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, We've got a big problem on our hands right now, uh, and we've had this sort of problem five times before. And I have yet to see the, the, the government recognize its own failure and do away with a policy. They've never done away with one of these massive omnibus policies that I can think of. But the common denominator and the culprits who've bastardized the principles of our economy, is by far the Federal Reserve, who all it really has is a mission statement. It is a private company. It operates under this quasi-government entity. But the reality is, we still do not know who makes up the ownership. Aside from the 13 people who were founding members, we can't trace much of it. We can't audit it. And yet it just says that we are going to give 100% employment and stability, which it never delivers. And you are at a time in this country's history where we are financially at our weakest. The numbers are big, but there's no way this country is anything other than bankrupt. How can the American citizen demand that this bastardized culprit of corruption called the Federal Reserve stops its manipulation? Because this is the profiteer of terrible policies aside from foreign entities. Yeah, there's no, no question about what the, what the Federal Reserve has done in the past and what they're doing today. I mean, they, you know, a huge explosion in the money supply, creating the inflation, and now having created the problem, 
or at least one part of the problem, they're only part of our problem at the current time, but having created that big problem of inflation, they now have to try and get it under control. And the way to get it under control is to drain money from the system. And I've watched this stuff very carefully now. I've looked at it historically. And we have now a, uh, we've gone nine months with the Fed draining money out of the economy. And we've already seen the housing sector and the stock market take a beating as a result of that. And my expectation is we're going to see uh, more problems. I think the problems in the housing sector and the stock market are going to spill over into the economy. And for the rest of the year, we are likely to have a really weak economy. I think it's going to be a downturn. No one knows for sure how, how much of a downturn, but I think the Fed has already done enough to create some serious problems between now and the end of the year. You've had three times in the last 80 years where the country did the other alternative to economic uh, happiness and joy and prosperity, and that is to grow. Those three times were all preceded by presidents that understand the principles of capitalism. John F. Kennedy, Ronald Reagan, and Donald Trump. And what they did was very simple. They gave the money and the power back to the entrepreneur, to the people. This is a soiree of failure where each time it gets worse, we keep turning to the most economic illiterate politicians in our society to control it. And what seems to happen is they gain more and more and more control. Aside from the Federal Reserve, we have the government backdoor nationalizing complete sectors of our economy. I have yet to come to a a, a sector of our economy that isn't backdoor nationalized. When you see the move by these political whores to shift the energy sector, the whole time never changing the common denominator of what exactly produces energy and how it exists, how does that look like it's going to end to you? Oh, it looks terrible. I mean, we've already seen the ending of that in California, where they can't generate electricity. Basically, it makes absolutely no sense if you're going to have a free market to have the government dictating to energy companies how to produce their energy. And basically, that's what's happened. And the government has now gone further, and they're dictating how we should build our cars. Um, I mean, this, this is a strong movement away from free market classical principles that create prosperity. And we already know the outcome of these principles. When you go against them, you end up having the sort of chaos that they had in the Soviet Union, where economies collapse. So we are definitely heading in the wrong direction now. There's no question about that. And the only question is, how long is it going to take for people to wake up and say, hey, this hurts. We can do better. And vote those people out and change the movement back in the direction of free market classical principles. There are two differences to this cycle than all the others, in my opinion. Just my opinion. Those two two differences are, are simple. One, the average citizen is a moron. You could look at any airport, you could look at any function, you could look at the entire political spectrum and see there's always only that third of society that actually does anything. The two-thirds have never been stronger because we have now entered a time in America where censorship is the norm. And these entities have tremendous power when you're talking about news media that just silenced what looked like one of the only voices that had a difference of opinion. When you look at the Internet, when you look at the control, 
and how comfortable Americans are to being those slaves, those useful idiots. Is that the difference? Is the moray of the American, their will to be free, has been broken? And I attribute that to the bio, to the bioweapon COVID. But I notice that's the only real difference. When you go back to the, the 70s and you saw this imbecile Jimmy Carter who's hanging on forever, when you see him lie to the American people, they demanded he lose. When you saw the, the, the time prior to JFK, the feudalism in the economic scheme, the 70% tax, they demand that change. Trump, they demanded it change. How can you achieve that again? When you have all of this chaos working against the idea of a, of a small government built on restrictions, when it looks like the average American wants an unfettered government and total co- collectivism. Well, they want that, Sean, I think, until times get really bad and they don't have a job or they don't have a job that pays them what they need in order to establish some sort of living standard that they believe they should have. And that's when the type of change occurs. Uh, and frankly, when I, when I look at the public, when I look at the polls, uh, people don't feel as if they've had a problem. The government has been throwing money at them for a long time. And I think there's a general acceptance, and this goes along with your idea of people just not understanding economics, that the government is always going to be there to give us more money, to give us more support whenever anything goes wrong. And that didn't work in the Soviet Union, and it's not going to work here. So the only chance I think we have is for people to wake up sooner as opposed to later. Wake up and try and get away from this situation where we've lost our freedom and where the government is dictating so many issues in our economy. Robert, I wanted to ask, um, I wanted to ask an economist of your, your standing this for, for a while. I always use the year 2000. I try to do it every week. I'm doing it more frequently. I use an inflation calculator to talk about inflation to give me that perspective. There's a, an inflation site called officialdata.org where I like to use. They seem to be very accurate. I did that today. $100,000 in the year 2000 is the equivalent of $175,000 and change today. I've tracked our economy for decades. I believe the last two decades have been the most detrimental to the American currency in the history of this country. And I think it's a bipartisan issue, and it explains why so many other nations refuse to use our dollar anymore. We have bankrupted the integrity of the dollar when in 20 years you can lose 75% of your money. I think they're justified in not using the dollar do you think it's long before these countries refuse to use our dollar as the world currency? No. When uh, I, I, I try and look at things from the other country's point of view, when you're in China and the U.S. has put all sorts of barriers on the use of your currency and told them that uh, they're, they're going to, that we are going to dictate some of the terms for them doing business, and when you're in Russia, and Russia is as bad as they are, and starting a war and doing all that, when we tell them, okay, we're going to confiscate all of your dollars and all of your dollar assets that we have, um, as, an, as another country, when you start playing that sort of game, these countries are not going to want to use our currency. Who is going to want to use it if the U.S. can just dictate to them what's going to happen? 
So you're you're absolutely right, and and the inflation eroding the value of the dollar. The only thing there is, as bad as inflation has been here, it's been worse in Russia. Right. And, and I think China, and again, as as bad as our policies are, Sean, and I would agree with you completely on, and we are heading in the wrong direction, and it's going to have consequences as bad as they are. I think China is worse right now. Yo, I agree. They, 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 so, so, we're lucky everyone and, else and is, we're lucky everyone else is as stupid as we are. I mean, that's the case. We're, because these collectivist societies don't work, whether they're oligarch-run right. or they're communist-run. They don't work. But in the event there is a smaller nation, a, uh, a, a, I don't know, pick one, pick Finland, pick uh, Norway, pick one, and says, you know what, we're going to oh, stop, we're going to break collectivism. Be That'll be the world currency. The smaller ones, Singapore. There you go. Switzerland. I mean, there has to be a reason that these other in my in my book, Sean, in my book, Rich Nation, Poor Nation, I went around the world and I looked at those different types of countries. You know, the ones that succeeded, the ones that failed, and there's a common denominator in the ones that succeed in the Singapore's and the Switzerland, the ones that have really high living standards, higher than the U.S. in many cases. And the, the common denominator is they follow free market classical principles. They don't have the government in there taking over everything. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's clear as can be when you look at the evidence. But it's not clear, as you say, to the common person who's looking at this. Uh, they're not reacting. They're not reacting to the government taking over all this power. Uh, a lot of people are reacting, but not enough so far. When you see, you know, I've, I've had this theory for years. When you see the economy in general falter when you see the quality of life weakening and you see policies on the horizon that guarantee the destruction of that future value and simultaneously with this you see strong sectors and companies that were maybe mediocre but all of a sudden you see stock markets rally or not collapse is that an uncoupling the way i view it as the as the exchange between the us dollar and the currency of that company called a stock. Could the explanation for the stock market being where it is, because we have no organic growth, we have no new innovation, new, no new ideas, in fact, we have terrible ones, but yet the stock market holds, is that because that currency of the stock market is now a mere strength in conjunction with what we experience in our wallet? And the hedge is still maybe to look at strong sectors and buy those stocks? Yes, <laughs> I think no, so. I, I, that's the kind of answer uh, and, and I wanted. <laughs> because, again, as bad as, as it is in the United States, relative to those other countries, many of them are more soft than we are. Yes. And so no. from a relative standpoint, where do you go if you've got funds? And if, you, if you're going to have any growth in the future, I think that growth is going to be mostly here in the United States. Now, we may take a year off. We may go into a downturn. Um, but I have faith that we're going to come back, Sean. I do, too, I, Robert. I, and you I, know what? I want I want the states of, of character, the states of quality, to come up with their own dollar number two. And, uh, you know, we could put your face and my face and a couple other notable economists on it. <laughs> and uh, we'll Sean, put Sean, Harris as, on the back of the money. Yeah. Okay. As hopeless as the situation can appear. At this time, I think there is one solution, and I hate to segue into my other book, my new book that just came out. All right. But I think we have to have more faith in God and have more people have more faith in God. 
than we've seen so far. All right. But if I got to be around Democrats when I get there, I'm going to be very irritated. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, I, I, I love your perspective. I love I love the columns. Now, give me the titles of the books. Uh, my new, my latest book is "Is There Evidence for God?" An economist searches for answers. Oh, wonderful, wonderful! And and the book that that I'm familiar with, "Rich Nation, Poor Nation: Why Some Nations Prosper While Others Fail," is really something to to to, to read and go through as you go back extensively in the problem. And yeah, uh, you I, let well, me know if you saw. I, my previous books, my previous four books uh, to that were all on classical principles. What that was was let me look around the world, let me look at our country and its history, yeah. and let me see what the heck works and what doesn't work. And I went into tons of data, tons of information about other countries, and it was very clear to me in the end that this free market, freedom, is the main uh, ingredient if you're going to have a successful economy, if your country is going to prosper. If you don't have that, you're not going to prosper. And it's as clear as can be when we go around the world and look at different countries. Yes, and you know, I I remember when people made fun of Japan, when they made fun of their idea of collectivism and Keynesianism and control. And now I can't see a difference between us and Japan. I, I, I am horrified at the idea that we are selling this to the american people that we're only in debt 32 trillion dollars because we do a magic trick and never factor in unfunded liabilities when you can have a, an economic illiterate a political who like joe biden claim he cut the deficit and the people don't understand these are still the benefits of the trump policies as we go into a new era of feudalnomics so i look forward to people that can explain it in a calm way make people feel good about the future and uh, quite honestly, that's what you do, Robert Janetsky. So thank you for coming on my show. Thank you for the books. I look forward to our next one. Hey, thanks for having me. Bye now. Bye now. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. I got to tell you, McBeth, I love her. I love her to death. I don't know. Does she talk politics? I hope not. She's still going, right? Stevie Nicks? Well, why not? Jimmy Carter? She might be dating Jimmy Carter, for all I know. We need to have uh, a realization that we've got a, about 35 years worth of oil left in the whole world. Have you idiots ever been right about any fracking thing? Pick a policy. Can you pick one? Oh, Obamacare. Not only can you keep your doctor. Sure, there's 50% less, 50% less hospitals. But your premiums are going to go down. 400% increase. And you idiots are still tweaking it, huh? Democrats, you morons. Stay where you uh, seem to thrive, will you please? We told y'all this was going to happen 15, 20 years ago. I'm Natalie Bomke. A Southside Chicago alderwoman is blaming the city and a lack of opportunity sure for young woman? people for the chaos that erupted in the loop. You go to jail if you whoop your children. Some of them could use a good whooping. I'm sorry, they could. Washington Park Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor is known for not mincing words or backing down. I don't justify this behavior, but, but think about this. Would they be downtown if they have things in their own community? <laughs> Are you fracking kidding me? You don't mix words, but this is the double talk out of both sides of her big flabby neck, which appears to have a love handle on it. In the meantime, 
They just keep doing the double talk. Not one fracking policy. How much money is enough there, big ears? How much money is enough? 30000 a year for school. Nobody can fracking read. But the, the teachers all drive around in those expensive Lexuses. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Oh, nice going, Big Bad. He's channeling Squirrel at the Copa. Copacabana. That's when you didn't have to flip them over to see if they were women. They were women at the Copacabana. By the way, I gotta, I gotta just tell you. So, can you please tell me, or can you please define for me what is a oh, woman? That's a terrible cut. Uh, our focus at the department is to provide equal. You know why? They got it from Forbes, and they're jamming the signal. The uh, congressman asked, "Can you define a woman?" Another Biden apparatchik. No, I can't. Yeah. Go to the Copacabana, circa nineteen, what? 73, you'll find one. Ross, Oak Forest, also at the Copacabana. <laughs> Not at the Copacabana tonight, Sean, but uh, that would be cool, I guess. Um, when, uh wanted to bring up, um, really liked your last, uh, your last guest. We had a guest on uh, maybe a month or so ago that talk, talked from the uh, Mamesis Institute yeah. around uh, uh, economics. And I think over the last, you look at 110 years, going back to 1913, where the, the Fed was originated, 1933, FDR suspended, and you couple up that with government takeover of education, it just seems like we are wildly, as a society, uneducated in economic principles. And... Uh, I'm talking like Austrian versus Keynesian and good debate, you yeah. know, elimination of the gold standard. Um, and it, it just seems like a, it, it just, to me, it seems blatantly obvious that we are aimed to be dependent on the Fed and the interest rates and that, that that's what raised. And I, I, I and I don't understand how people don't. Ross, you know what's interesting? The creature from Jekyll Island kind of dives into the founding of the, the Federal Reserve. Hunting, the death hunting expenditure down there. Yes. In Georgia, off Georgia, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so, so when you realize the 13 people there, one of the key families that was there, still around, Rockefeller. And when you look mm-hmm. at the, the Park Avenue Summit, what happened after Nixon won, he had the summit with Rockefeller on Park Avenue. If you look at what, how Nixon ran, and then you look at how he governed, he did a complete 180 after that summit. Nixon is the creator of the EPA, executive order. His idea was the Department of Education, although signed into law by Jimmy Carter. OSHA and the rest of it. And you look at the level of education after the Department of Education took hold. Now, it changed throughout the years, but you look at how kids have been taught to not question the Federal Reserve, to not question Keynesianism, to not question Fabian control of government and the economy. That's why we're at this point. This could never have happened if this was not taught to children that it was acceptable. So guys like me and you are getting older. There will be a time when we're gone. Who's going to talk about the principles 
that built the youngest and the richest country. The principles of propertyism referred to as capitalism. Who's going to discuss it? You're only operating on 30% of us that are not welfare roaches or rent seekers through government favoritism. That's it. Character is dwindling. The percentage is getting smaller. The plan of the Fabian, of the socialist, of the Marxist, has vision of hundreds of years. It's irrelevant that it has never succeeded. Look at the people around you that cheer for policies that have destroyed nations, everyone they touched. That's how you know we're against the ropes. I'm not saying it's over. But I'm saying unless we do a drastic changing of the cycle, of the education system, of kids and their idea of Americanism, you're going to get more and more morons that believe that this whore is anything other than a pay-to-place game. And you know what else is funny, Ross? Not a one of these Democrat morons are interested in the tax avoidance of Joe Robinette Biden and his hundreds of millions of money that he's been stealing from the Chinese Communist Party and the oligarchs. You know he cheated when they wrote the book. He did the S-Corp swindle and never pay tax. They don't care how the people who champion their cause of collectivism cheat the very system they, they, they turn to to take the assets away from Manuel. It's a fascinating topic when you really explore how comfortable they are. Barack Obama, f- f- lowest credit rating, three months late on the, on the Chrysler 300, couldn't buy the dirt without Tony Greasy, Tony Resco swindling the, the financial closing. Anybody else, that would be a scandal to break. What he did with Obamacare, he's never called on it. An unmitigated failure, driving up insurance costs 400%. And look at the morons. They just want more of it. That's how you know. You got, you're going to have a long road ahead of you. And uh, it has to change with kids. So, Ross, talk to every kid you know. Tell them about the principles of Americanism. Because we let them ruin words. Oh, capitalism is bad. These idiots don't even know what it is. It's property rights, you moron. And they still argue against government control. I mean, for government control, excuse me. And that's why, Ross, tell the kids. Tell them. Thank you, brother. Will do. Thanks, John. Thank you. When you watch these idiots turn to their abuser for sustenance and it feeds on itself the snake eats its tail and pretends to be a hunter the economic policies of the democrat mafia don in bloomingdale hey sean uh, apparently one of our great uh, republican state representatives uh seth Boy. lewis woke up this morning and realized that businesses are leaving illinois so he's come up with a plan Ooh, to keep what is businesses in Illinois and to make businesses want to move here. Are All you right. ready for this? I think I am. <laughs> it's TIF money Ooh. and tax incentives. And he, he even came up with a new one. All right. Let's pay the business let's pay the businesses that stayed here money. Let's give them a tax uh, rebate of some sort. Ooh. I've been in business for thirty years. I haven't taken a dime from the government. No. If this is the best we have to offer in this state that's bankrupt, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Man, are we in trouble. They can't do I, what, what? What is his uh, resume, this dimwit? What did he do? Is he like, uh, is he like the other Republican from Aurora that likes to take money from Ken Griffin to move the tower closer to the Merck server so he can front run? Is he like that moron? Richard, I don't know. He's little from, Dick Irvin? He's from no. Bartlett. I have no idea. He's, 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 he's been elected twice, so that's his claim to fame. Yeah. When your best idea of a Republican is a political whore like little Dick Irvin, you got some problems. By the way, Don, I will bet you one cigar that little Dick Irvin runs for little Dick Durbin's seat. You want to take that action, kid? When's Dick Durbin leaving? Oh, 
after his uh, his wife drags him into retirement after she figures out there's free buffets in some of these retirement homes. Thank you very much, Don in Bloomingdale. She's another very successful lobbyist. Very successful lobbyist. Hmm. What did she do before she was a lobbyist? Oh, she was Dick Durbin's fluffer. Well, I guess there should be money in that. Some of the things that are being attached, for instance, are that we pass uh, the so-called H.R. 1 Republican bill, which is a partisan bill that puts polluters over people. That makes no sense. That's Hakeem Jeffries. What's his qualifications? Well, his uncle hung around with Louis Farrakhan. Uh, He hates all kinds of Jewish people. He hates all kinds of freedom, and he hates America. He is now the most powerful dimwit in the Democrat Congress. And he's arguing about one half of one tenth of one percent of the atmosphere that he thinks is going to fix things. It's not going to fix anything. It's going to be an excuse to pay off the Chinese Communist Party. Who owned this dimwit in diapers, wrinkled ass old whore called Joe Biden? I'll be back after this. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Studio Xanadu, it's worth the lag in the connection. Although I wanna I want you to hear this clip and from Wrong. what I understand, you can. Now Macbeth, let me know if this is a problem. So can you please tell me, or can you please define for me what is a woman? Uh, our focus at the department is to provide equal access to students, including students who are uh, LGBTQ, uh, access free from discrimination. Okay, well, is that so what's the definition? What's the definition of a woman? You haven't given me that. You haven't answered my question. I think that's almost secondary to the important role that I have as Secretary of Education. My question is not secondary. My question is very simple. What is the What does HHS say the definition of a woman is? Uh, I lead the Department of Education, and my job is to make sure that all students have access to public education, which includes co-curricular activities. And I think you highlighted pretty well the importance of Title IX and giving students equal access, whether it's scholarship and facilities. Okay, so you're not going to answer my question. Well. That's like an ad for halfpriceschools.com, isn't it? I mean, are you if you think they, they can't answer what's a woman, you know, with the ovaries and the birth canal and all that stuff. You think they're going to answer things like, what is capitalism? I don't know. Well, if you don't know what a woman is, you have any idea what the fundamental principles of economics and property rights are? I don't think so. Well, you're perfect for government work. Just go there. None of their pensions are based on that stuff anyway. Annette Lamont. Hey. Hi. Hi, Sean. How are you? I love your show. I love you. I just wanted to give you a definition of a woman. (laughs) Something tells me you know. promise all right. I'll bet you could even do it without a mirror. Go ahead. <laughs> it's an XX chromosome. So if your body was found a year from now and you were just bones laying there uh-huh. in the forest preserve and they wanted to identify you, you would come up an XX or an XY. Well, how many, I don't that. know how many women you're going to find in the forest preserve. When's the last time you went to a forest preserve? <laughs> A lot of guys in there tied to trees with their underwear in their mouth. Not a many However, there you go. I have to say, there you go. have you looked at the family uh, of the Pritzkers? Have you taken a good look at the family? You think you could pick out the women quite easily in that picture? I don't know if you can. Um, but I like the way you think. Yeah, we're going to need that forensic forest preserve guy to go through the, the Pritzker family photos. I like it, though, and that everybody can knows what a woman is. At least they did it until about seven years ago. 
Now it seems to be a stumper. A uh, mediocre male athlete can simply identify as a female and go on to dominate women's sports. Simply put, I would just have to ask you to think, do you think this is fair to biological girls? Thank you, Chairman Adderhall. Uh, Our focus at the Department of Education is to provide equal access, free from discrimination, uh, to students. As we know, uh, Title IX has helped over the last 50 years uh, provide opportunities. Now, is his name really Adderall, or is it just the Democrat government position to put him on Adderall? I don't know what that is. For girls, and uh, we're proud of the work that we're doing to make sure that... Yeah, when I think of your policies, pride. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody... My next guest is an analyst from the Coalition for Prosperous America, former staff foreign correspondent for the Wall Street Journal and senior contributor to Forbes covering China since 2011. The U.S. monthly trade deficit is up 2.7%. The goods gap hits $183.2 billion in two months. The Chinese communist evil genius move that no one is talking about. When I saw that, I said, let's let's get them. Let's get them. I like his articles. His name is Kenneth Raposa. Kenneth, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks. So these last two articles really piqued my interest, and I'll tell you why. I'm a capitalist. I love the idea of free trade. I see the benefit in a so-called trade deficit, especially when we're giving this worth less every second currency and we're getting goods. I also like the concept that that would spur freedom to these other nations. Yet, it didn't work like that. What happened is the Chinese Communist Party became stronger. They were more nimble. They became nuanced. And they seem to have a brighter economic future than my country, which is led by people who can't even have this conversation we're having. So does, is that why I should be concerned about the U.S. monthly trade deficit? rather than rejoice the way a capitalist would with the free market capitalism? Well, there's only free market capitalism in the United States, uh, Sean, because most countries, including Europe, put higher tariffs on American goods than we put on their goods. And China is uh, certainly no different and certainly not a free market system. Uh, It's it's a Frankenstein capitalist system mixed with communism uh, at the top of its government, obviously. And you got to think of the trade deficit like this, right? So for every, let's say, so you put it a number. So last year we had $1.2 trillion uh, goods trade deficit, right? right? So, of course, we're the biggest economy in the world. We're a huge hoarder economy. You know, consumers, you know, their, their garages use less and less for cars and more and more to store children's toys and uh, kayaks, right? Yes. So we buy everything, right? And you check the label where it's made, and I guarantee you 90% of the stuff is made in Asia, probably half of it being China. So all of that means is that we're just basically creating a jobs program for Asia, of course, led by China. And then you have situations that we have in the United States. You live in Chicago, I believe. No, Florida, I'm from Chicago. Oh, okay. I think your radio show broadcasts there, right? So 
cities like Chicago, cities like New York, all, all these areas that are just basically and parts of upstate New York, forget the cities, where it's blue-collar ghost towns now, or they have been mm-hmm. for so long because of all these jobs that have gone. So you got to think of the trade deficit in that way. It doesn't mean that we have to have no trade deficit, because, of course, you know, we are the biggest economy in the world. We are going to buy and import more than Brazil, than China. We're richer than they are. Okay, I get it. But if it was a little less, let's say by a few hundred billion, maybe 100 or 200 billion less, and that meant that we were producing that at home. So if you're producing that at home, you're generating more wealth because you're creating more, more, more products. You're creating more jobs, right? You're creating more capitalism, so to speak, right? Because you and I are making a widget somewhere in Florida that people need instead of it being imported, right? And no, that just creates a whole industry, you know? So that's why the trade deficit is, is, uh, is one of the main reasons why it's, why it's so important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing I, I realize, I've been fascinated by economy by the economy and our economy and how we became the richest and the youngest and all the rest of it. And then you see the, the, the bastardization and the principles. And I say this as somebody who's worked in several unions. The problem is the organized labor extortion mafia and what, how they work in conjunction with governments to regulate against competition. So that's why I'm always big on, on import. Because before I let these crooked bastards who are riddled in scandal, who destroy everything they touch, they're, they're only second to the communists. I'd like to have some sort of mobility. Is there a way to bring back manufacturing without bringing back, and I say this as being in them, these organizations of mediocrity at very high cost called unions? Well, a lot of most, I would say most manufacturing isn't union labor, right? So let's say like some, some autos are union. That's of course being the most famous, maybe longshoremen, right? Some electricians are labor, but that's not really a, uh, it's not really a, a trade market, right? That's, you know, you, you and I can't import an electrician, right? To come wire our house. No. So the well, auto market is really been, accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, increasingly because, you know, the Beavis and Butthead don't want to work, but <laughs> You have to have a situation where, you know, Americans at least have the opportunity to make things here. Now, if you have labor unions that are going to do what you say, right, uh, there's a lot of industry that doesn't use labor unions. Toyota and Honda, I'm pretty sure, don't have labor unions to make cars, yeah. right? So well, this it is all the depends. Beauty of it, right? This is the beauty of the system that shook it up because they were able to break the stronghold of the big three as the big three floundered. In mediocrity and, and incompetence, for lack of a better phrase, they suck and they lost to a better product. So how do I maintain this balance where I'm not being shaken down on, uh, on the American labor extortion mafias and I'm still getting value? Because one thing you can't throw away is the recognition of how products delivered value to consumers. I mean, Walmart is the prime example. And that in itself creates a whole new industry that thrives, the people that profit, invest in, and work for that company. And what I've seen under the Democrat, you got to remember, I'm from Chicago. I see how this organized syndicate works. What you see from corrupt government is the commingling of power through labor extortion mafias. That's why unions were on their ass before Joe Biden and have never been stronger since Joe Biden. So this is where we need to have awareness and not allow the corruption of our own economy in a repelling, rightful, justified repelling of the Chinese communist economy. How can we do this? Should we look for uh, an alternative uh, and break the favored nation status? Because what I've come to, c- to conclude is the favored nation status is always protected with the Chinese Communist Party. They own enough politicians to keep it in place. I want 
free trade, but I want fair across the board by the same rules trade. That's one I think we can win. That is one you can win, but very hard to win that way because even the markets that you would consider Western capitalist markets, they don't see it like that. They're very protective. Europe is very protective of its auto industry, for example. Yeah. You know, there's tariffs on, on American cars going to Europe, I think maybe 10, 15 percent. Our, our tariff on a Mercedes coming to the United States is three. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, so you, and no one's going to, no one's going to, probably no, probably no one is going to consider, you know, Western Europe a not capitalist system. I mean, they do have the London Stock Exchange, the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. I mean, right? I mean, they do have, it is a capitalist system, they have investment banking. But then again, these days, so does China. I think the real problem with China, um, and this is where, what, what I touched on in, in the story about the evil genius, if you want to talk about that later, yes. is that Washington is really a globalist, right, run city. Right. And so they are not interested necessarily in, you know, American manufacturing. That's changed. It changed with Trump. A lot of them only talk the talk like this during an election year, but it's, but it's changing the Trump. But even Biden has kept some of this stuff as well. Because they're more interested in making sure that they can just, you know, import the cheapest stuff from wherever. Because capital, you know, capital goes to where it can make the most money. If you and I want to make a widget, and, you know, maybe, maybe we're patriots, we're super patriots, and we don't mind paying somebody 25 bucks an hour to make it, you know, whatever. But if we're going to be taxed at 35% by the state, and then we're going to be taxed by the, by the, by the Fed, IRS, and we're going to be taxed 15% by the state, and then we've got these environmental regulations that drive us insane. We can't pour, you know, we can't pour, uh, uh, you know, water down the drain the wrong way, or we get sued. You know, then, they, well, and then we have the opportunity to do the same thing, make the same product in Mexico, in a free trade zone in the United States. Where, where are we going to go, right? Because that's, that's, what, that's what happened. So, so let me ask think, you a question. Have you ever yeah. seen, in all your years, have you ever seen a, a, a playing field that was, in fact, based on the principles that I love, the idea of unfettered, man-to-man, business-to-business trade without government's extorting one or the other have has there ever been an entity a product anything that really was the example of unfettered government trade well you got me um i have to be an economist who sit back and let's turn that off the top of my head i don't know i, I think maybe there might have been some some product lines probably across across uh, countries like of course like europe and the united states for for a short period of time you know not 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 yeah. permanent, certainly, right? So, and these things are these things eventually fall apart because uh, eventually one person figures out a new way to make more money than the other guy, and lose, the guy loses market share, and then they complain to their, their elected officials, and yada yada, and things uh, things come undone. Otherwise, if it worked perfectly, it would still it would still be in place. So, I, I'm sure there are product lines, all of them between the United States and Europe, or the U.S. and the U.K. Right, and this might, we might go back to the 1700s, right, when, when when this was the case. But unfortunately, I'm not an economic historian to be able to pound that off the top of my head. So I, I, yeah. I can't. I because can't the only that. industry today, I, can I can tell you, see... the free trade world today is very difficult. It's yeah. very difficult because the biggest monster out there of the United States is China, and this is not that. That's not how they play. They're not going to play that way. And unfortunately, a lot of our our capitalist institutions, Wall Street. Silicon Valley, and of course, all the big corporations, Disney, Apple, Nike, they don't care. They, they're perfectly happy uh, operating there and making stuff there or, or investing there. The only ones I see that really profited an unbelievable amount in an unbelievable, unrestricted, unregulated sector is pharma. Massive amounts of our pharmaceuticals come from China. So tell me what is their evil genius 
and that yeah. no one is talking about. Where do you want to go with this? Yeah, all right. So here's the evil genius move. So right now, as you probably know, and your listeners probably know, or if they don't, I will tell them, in Washington, they have sanctions on China, the capital market sanctions. So Wall Street cannot invest in hundreds of Chinese companies, okay? Most of them, are, all of them actually, are tied to, they're all Chinese defense contractors in one way or another, okay? Now, Wall Street hates this, of course. You know, BlackRock and Vanguard, they invest in anything with a ticker symbol. So they had to sell hundreds of millions of dollars worth of uh, stocks in China over the last year because of these sanctions. Now, one of, and, and Washington wants to increase those capital market sanctions on other companies, such as companies that have human rights violations with the Uyghurs and Xinjiang, China. Okay, so those, those are on the, on the books. It's possibly increasing, making it more difficult for investors to own Chinese stocks here or in Shanghai. Here's the, here's the evil genius move. Chinese government says to the big boys, I, was, I, I, I called out Disney, Apple, and Nike, and says... Why don't you guys list your shares in Shanghai or Hong Kong? You'll have access immediately to about 100 million Chinese retail investors that can't buy Apple stocks in the United States. They can't get money out of China. You have access to all of them. They're all going to want to put $1,000 in Apple or Disney. They're all going to want to do that. They're all going to do it overnight. And you're going to make hundreds of millions of dollars just in those Chinese retail investors alone. And they're going to probably say, unless Washington bans them, yes. And when that day happens, if that day happens, and I think it would be the evil genius move, it would be impossible for Washington to convince Wall Street to increase capital market sanctions on China because Apple, Disney, and Nike, and I'm going to use those always as an example, I consider them very China-centric companies today, would uh, lobby on behalf of China without even trying to having to pay for lobbying fees by saying you can't kick you can't kick these companies out of the market because China's going to kick us off Hong Kong China's going to kick us out of Shanghai and it's a free lobbying free lobbying for the CCP if they ever made that offer and I would be really curious to see how how those companies would respond I think they would bite it would be it would be a nail biter it would be very well, difficult for them but I think they would choose, I would think they would bite as you're talking I'm thinking about all of the uh, Wall Street corruption with the Chinese Communist Party. I believe it's Fink, who was an associate professor, I think he still is, at the University of Beijing. He has a a very cozy relationship with the Chinese Communist Party, as so many of the other oligarchs, including Jamie Dimon, has a a very big relationship with China. Well, so So does Ray Dalio of Bridgewater Association in Connecticut, a big hedge fund. He's very famously connected to China. And the funny thing is, they own so many of the congressmen, so many of the senators, and... I believe this president. So where is the indication that the government isn't giving the lipstick on a pig of, a, of corruption and the policy put forward that wants to implement these uh, uh, restraints on these companies? Have, is this something that exists? Is this a bill you have you have knowledge of? Where do you where do you think there's this bill coming that will prevent them? Okay, well, for sure, the capital market sanctions exist. That is an absolute fact. Right. I mean, that, that, that is, that is in, in effect, as of last August, it was your last chance you had to own these Chinese stocks. Yeah. Uh, and there were about 100 of them. So that exists. As far as bills go, I'm not even sure that it's a bill, per se, that comes up with this. It might be Treasury or it might be yeah, probably the Treasury Department that comes up with the list themselves. And they say these companies are going to, are going to be banned. Uh, it's it's banned. Treasury, of course, hates this because Treasury is pretty much J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs. So they hate this idea uh, of doing this. But it is something that you will hear 
here, if you're listening to a, if you're ta- sitting on a on a Senate hearing or a uh, Chinese uh, commission hearing that I was just yeah. in on today, this is this topic always comes up. So now I'll, t- I'll tell you this: five years ago, this was not a topic. You know, Trump really brought this to the fore, and that's where this stuff really really began. And then surprisingly, Biden kept it and ran with it. I mean, it's yeah. actually. Su- you know, impressive that, that he did that. So it just goes to show to all the China hawks that are listening, it just goes to show that Washington is very much hawkish. And there's two reasons for that. Of course, they have, you know, a lot of American companies are saying, Hey, we can't, we cannot do this. We're just going to be crushed by China. We cannot possibly compete with these guys. And anybody, for example, who saw the Super Bowl saw the Timu ad, Timu, T-E-M-U. It's a Chinese e-commerce company. And once that thing stops just selling, you know, women's dresses and sneakers for $5 and they start selling actual things like kitchenware and stuff like that, like Amazon, Amazon is going to cry because, you yeah. know, anything that is on Amazon for 20 bucks, I'll buy at Timu for $15. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's easy. There's, there's no, there's no, there's no competing. You just cannot compete with China. So there's finally that awareness in, in Washington. And you mentioned pharmaceuticals. There's awareness on pharmaceuticals. There's awareness on solar. And that didn't exist before. So yeah. now, now they're, now they're pushing Well, this forward. might be so the silver lining in that. This might be the silver lining in what we're experiencing today. And then the other aspect that I have, you, you're hard-pressed to get answers on. I remember when the collapse of the Soviet Union came. I was in the, at, at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. And the push by American government to invest in Russian companies, from their energy companies to their liquor companies, and the flood, billions and billions and billions of dollars that went into Russian companies. And the funny thing that no one talks about, is since the uh, Ukrainian oligarch war, those people lost their money. The United States government took the money. There, No one can get an answer. If you were heavily invested in Russian companies, so you have the foreign policy aspect. And I'm wondering if these big companies, these American companies that are worth trillions of dollars, arguably, when you talk about Apple, if they're aware of how quickly that can just disappear, and you really can't get answers to what happens in future. Oh, conflicts. they are aware. They are aware because let me tell you, if they, and this is the this is the China this is the China tentacles because China is aware of it too. You have to think like the enemy, you know, so to yeah. speak, right? I don't I don't want to say that Chinese people are the enemy, the Chinese, but the CCP certainly is, and they define us. Communism as that as is well. the enemy. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, so they certainly know that if we can get China, we can get Apple and Disney and Nike and the NBA and BlackRock and all these guys to love us and really want to make money here and just be strictly business. You know that works in our favor. That works in China's favor. So, and again, it is, it is the second largest economy in the world. You know, I mean, it's, they they beat Germany. You know, the German the Germans aren't really working with the United States. No, and they're winning. They're winning. They're outsmarting our idiots. When you when you look at their philosophy, and you read, you know, you didn't have to read Sun Tzu, the Art of War, to see what's what's happening here. The problem I have is the understanding of the American citizen to know how he's been double crossed by his representative. Eight out of ten times. That's the part that I need guys like you writing about. And I have to tell you, I love I love the way you write. I love interviewing you. I'm going to have you <laughs> back. You. Only next time I want you to send a, a note that says uh, Blue Horseshoe loves Nike. Then I'll know it's time to go. <laughs> right. I, I don't wear Nikes. I got I got, uh, I got my Under Armors on. They're probably made in China too, or or whatever. They're oh, all made yeah. in China. New yeah. Balance sneakers. I didn't get. Don't start looking at tags. You're going to end up naked. Too. Although in New York you'll blend in. In the meantime, I love having you on. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Kenneth Raposa, you'll be back on. We'll be back with your calls and comments. 
This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Hearings, hearings, there's a lot of hearings. Which is good. Hopefully it'll be more than just a campaign commercial. I uh, am having a hard time not watching the Republicans call for an impeachment of everybody. And I mean everybody. But one who annoys me. And it always annoys me when somebody whose parents fled from communism becomes a communist themselves. That's the best way to describe the very rare bald Cuban named Mayorkas. Give give us a grade. How are we in terms of securing our border, our southern border first? How is it an A, B, C, D, E or F in terms of the security of America's southern border? Is is it an A or an F? Where where do you grade it? Now, my before you answer, realize you're talking to Jesus on the next planet. Uh, Senator, I want I, I'm to, looking for a letter. Uh, Senator, it's not, it's not so um, uh, straightforward. Well, sure it is. We, we know how many people are coming across. Are we doing a great job or is it like still failing? Um, Senator, um, the issue of addressing the root causes is not exclusive. I have a question, which is, can you grade how secure our southern border is, an A through an F? Senator, we are dedicating our resources to achieve the maximum possible effect of them. Mitt hasn't been this upset since his slave got his lunch order wrong. Are we succeeding? Is it an A or is it B, a D? Where are we in terms of the number of people coming across the border? For instance, we have gaps in a wall. It's like, why why wouldn't you want to just complete the wall for Pete's sakes? Uh Uh-oh. Complete the fencing and make sure that we're in every way we can securing it, at least physically, as as well as the other. Mitt's going to get the Amish out there and build that wall. Sources that we have. I know he's a Mormon, but I, I think they work with the Mennonites and the Amish. I'm not, I don't know. But, but are you, you're not willing to give it a grade. I mean, I am. It's an F. It's clearly an F. Oh, boy. Jesus on the next planet, so getting mad at my orcas. We'll be back after this. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Brandon Tatum, tonight at 7, right before Jay Sekulow at 9 on AM560, The Answer. Expect some rioting in Ohio. The grand jury declines to charge officers involved in the fatal shooting. Jalen Walker... The evidence won't matter. The fact that he re- they refuse to charge the officers will be what lights that city up. In the meantime, we've fallen a far way in the last two years. We're making progress. So let's finish the job. I can honestly say I've never been more optimistic about the future of America. That's because you have dementia and you don't understand what you've done, you traitorous bastard. In the meantime... You've got a lot of help with your sycophants. Guys like Miguel Cardona. What is he? You would have never, never have known his name. However, he's now in charge of the school system in the country as he uh, celebrates the greatest failure in American education history. This simple question. Do you feel we were right to close schools? During the pandemic, I was serving as commissioner of education, and the decision to uh, temporarily close schools to protect students and families and educators 
was made at the local level, and it was the right decision in those communities. So you believe it was a good decision? Now, before he lies, it wasn't made in all the areas. The state I'm in didn't close. They shut down for the 15 days. They realized the problem. They opened back up. Those kids had a much better quality of life than your kids and the rest of the kids that are under this communist rule of the Democrat mafia. To, to close public schools. And, and there's a good scientific reason to believe it was a good decision. Absolutely. And I also believe that it was important to reopen our schools safely. And when I became secretary of education, 47% of the schools in this country were open full time. Within nine months, I had over 98%. Open. Well, I hope so, because the pandemic was over by then. I certainly hope so. It's nice to see a little pushback from the fraud that was the fascism we experienced during the greatest biological weapon ever released on mankind. I received an email from the Department of Health with a link to the CDC advising me as a physician that they were going to adjust the way death certificates were completed. What did adjust death certificates mean? They said in this document, if you think that COVID-19 was a contributing condition, you can put it down as a cause of death. And I said, no, there's a box two on a death certificate called contributing conditions. That's where you put contributing conditions. If it's emphysema, if it's asthma, influenza, we put it in the contributing conditions box. We were being told with this disease, we could put it as a cause of death. This so-called disease, we are going to track down the origins to. Now, whether it can be done while the mafia is represented by Joe Biden and the Democrats, that I don't know. Because this is a time when facts don't matter anymore. We just uh, finished reviewing the financial records in the Treasury. Uh, what I saw was over 2,000 pages of jaw-dropping information. Uh, there's basically... An- 2,000 pages of information that prove beyond the shadow of a doubt. Joel Robinette, my pants are wet, Biden and his cohort of cabal called an administration are assets of enemies, foreign and domestic. Enterprise wrapped around Joe Biden, uh, involving not only multiple family members, more than we thought there were, but other people as well. Uh, Just a complete conglomerate of LLC shell companies where money was passing through from foreign countries, China, Ukraine, but many more countries than just those. All countries that seem to benefit from the Biden policies. Yet this country suffers under the Biden policies. There's a dimwit in Congress named Adina Titus, although it's not spelled that way. However, her name is Dita Dina Titus, and she doesn't think it's any big deal that we caught terrorists on the border or the rest of it. She can't see the plot to destroy our nation while strengthening enemies of it. Along those same lines, Mr. Sales, you quote her. She sounds great, doesn't she? Young and vibrant. Very smart. Wrong. Washington Examiner article that warns about 98 individuals have, who are on the terrorist watch list were apprehended after crossing the southern border. Man, is anybody else thinking about being pulled over in the South, say, circa 1952, by a sheriff who's not too good with fractions? So do you think this is a threat to the homeland, or would you acknowledge what percentage of the people that... Uh, We've encountered along the border are represented by this 98. Well, thank 98's not a big deal. Does this dimwit with that drawl understand what 19 terrorists did? You know, say around September 11th. 19. You got 98 there, dimwit. 
Thank you um, for the question, Congresswoman. Uh, just to be clear, the, the source that I cited uh, for those numbers was not uh, a newspaper, but rather U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Um, I, I do think that um, the dramatic spike we've seen from zero KSTs encountered several years ago um, to 98 last year and 69 so far this year um, is troubling. Um, She's part of the Mormon mafia in Nevada. I didn't know they talk like that in Nevada. I think terrorists are aware of gaps in our border security, um, and they will certainly try to exploit those gaps. I would give you the number since you didn't answer my question. It's 0.0044%. Well, wait a minute. That's the same percent as CO2 there. Titus, Dina, Dimwit, same percent. You're saying it's no big deal. Why in the hell are we shutting down our entire way of life and, and changing our economy? Why there, dummy? Oh, oh, four, four percent. And these individuals were apprehended. Isn't that correct? Um, that is correct, Congresswoman. But I, I think remember, you think she has any idea that there are people that weren't apprehended? You think she even has any idea? I mean, being in Nevada, she has no idea, right? Moron. Um, it was just 19 hijackers who were able to pull off the 9-11 attacks. But those so weren't apprehended. And that's not relevant to what we're talking about now. We're talking about today. across. See, this is the broader point. Failure isn't relevant just keep believing in these idiots these liars these swindlers these con artists i was able to cut the deficit by 1.7 billion dollars in two years no 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 no. it's supposed to be trillion and you just said it three minutes ago as i said in my first two years we brought down the deficit by a record 1.7 trillion dollars doesn't matter if you got it right or not because the people who vote for this the people who support it they're roaches on corruption 312-642-5600 He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. So I just received a text. friend of mine, Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals denies the motion to grant a primary injunction pending appeal of the Naperville-Illinois gun ban law. Case continues on appeal with the law. Corrupt judicial system here in America. And uh, who exactly will be handling all of this? Uh, as a gun owner uh, of many different types and a, and a 20-year military veteran, I have some expertise in weaponry uh, and self-defense weapons. Well, first of all, that's a congressman from Texas, so you know he does. He's asking a guy named diddlebach for his opinion what could you in 15 seconds would you define an assault weapon for me so, so if you go after that 15 seconds i'll just interrupt you yeah, so. so why don't you ask one of the thousand kids shot in chicago what an assault weapon is i bet you they have an indication so I'll go shorter than that because I, I honestly, I do think that's a, if Congress wishes to take that up, I think Congress would have to do the work, but we would be there to provide technical assistance. I, unlike you, I'm not a firearms expert to the same extent as you may be, but we have people Good at thing ATF you work who, for the ATF. What do you mean you're not? Do any of these idiots know anything about the bureaucracies they work in? You moron Democrats. Look at these idiots. I don't, I don't know. Well, you work and you represent Biden in the ATF. You don't know? Because he just wants the verbiage assault weapon. They'll make it up from there. We'll fill in the blanks later. Can talk about uh, uh, velocity of firearms, what damage different kinds of firearms cause. So that whatever determination you, you chose to make would be an informed one. 
So if you're waiting for them to learn from their mistakes, from realizing where the life is the most dangerous or where the Democrats are, when you realize that the cities that are in chaos are the ones with the strictest laws, where the people are victimized, not just by the perpetrators, but by the very government that won't let them help themselves. You're not going to get any change to Obamacare, that's for sure. Glenn in Oakbrook. Yeah, hey, Sean. Have, I hope you're having a good evening. Um, oh, the uh, two Supreme Court justices that uh, were donated heavily by Pritzker refused to recuse themselves from any ruling on the Safety Act. So if you got a lot of money, you can uh, uh, bend the law to whatever you want. Glenn, it's fascinating to me that we still pretend Illinois has a Supreme Court when one of the justices is married to a legendary crook who pretended to be an alderman, who's under indictment, and because of his political clout will never see the inside of a courtroom again in the rest of his miserable, phony life by the name of Ed Burke and the not-so-lovely Mrs. Burke, who sits up there like a true oligarch that she is. So you want to talk about the complete disruption and bastardization of a state? You don't have to talk about any other one than the one that we're from, unfortunately. Thank you, Glenn and Oakbrook. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible way uh, to go down on the show. But this has some positivity. Let's have some positivity. To the Supreme Court set to hear what could be a landmark case involving freedom of religion. Our senior national correspondent, Terry Moran, is at the Supreme Court with more. Good morning to you, Terry. Good morning, Rebecca. This is a huge case. Uh, yet another battle in the ongoing war over religious freedom and separation of church. Now, if we could just convince the baby murderers that the babies believe in God, maybe we can free them on their basis of freedom of religion, you know, if they're allowed to actually live before the Democrats scourge kill them. All right, I'll be back in 21 hours, and uh, you better be here. Be square. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.